Welcome to So Now What, a bi-weekly podcast of the ARRL, the National Association for Amateur Radio. Join hosts Michelle Patnode, W3MVP, and Joe Karsha, NJ1Q, as they offer information, support, and encouragement for those starting their journey into the world of amateur radio. So Now What is brought to you by LDG Electronics. LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art automatic antenna tuners and related products for every amateur need. Check them out at ldgelectronics.com. Asking questions. That's how you get the advice and insight you need to go from a new license holder to ham radio veteran. And the first question is, so now what? Hey, podcast listeners. I'm Joe Karsha, NJ1Q, and I'm here with Michelle Patno, W3MVP. And thanks for coming back for another episode of So Now What? a podcast for people who are relatively new to amateur radio and who are excited and curious to discover all that it has to offer. So you're probably wondering, who's that? And it's like, it's, it's me, guys. It's just me. So I'm going to turn it back over to my wonderful co-host, Michelle. Thank you, Joe. And hey, everyone. Today we have with us Steve Ewald, WV1X. He's ARRL's field organization supervisor. Hello, 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 Steve. Hello. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Yes, I'm. Um, I've been on staff uh, since 1982, originally from Knoxville, Tennessee. So, I want to give a shout out to my friends and and uh, the great volunteer state. Um, I work with the um, field organization, and that includes all the uh, 71 different section managers and all the section leaders. I work with Leona Adams on my team. And uh, we're here to uh, provide service to our field organization and all of our volunteers. And on that note, you are not too far away from Tentech, right? That, oh, that's correct. <laughs> I yeah. had to put that in there. It's right there from Tentech. And, mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. So, Michelle, what are we here to talk about today? So, we're here to talk about different amateur radio nets. Steve, can you just tell us a little bit of what it is? Yes, uh, a net is a scheduled gathering point for amateur radio operators who meet on the same frequency at the same time. And it's short for network. And, of course, the network is a, a group of communication stations operating under unified control. Now that we know what a net is and why it's called a net, can we get into a little bit of the history about how nets came about? Yes, nets have been a part of amateur radio from the very earliest days. And uh, from what I figure, it's been over 105 years. Amateur radio operators gathered on the same place at the same frequency, uh, sending messages to each other. And uh, those messages, also known as radiograms, and they would send them to each other, and they would send send those messages and relay those messages across the network. As a matter of fact, ARRL got its uh, beginning in that in that fashion. ARRL um, organized the network of volunteer radio amateurs all across the United States to send and relay messages. And that's exactly how the name of the American Radio Relay League began. You mentioned a little bit of history about relaying messages and so on. But in general, because as we know, a lot of our listeners may be starting to play in a little bit of nets. They may have heard them on the air. Uh, and they're probably thinking, well, what is the importance of these nets? Why do we have them or why should we have them? 
I would say that uh, Annette is a very important way to conduct the public service aspect of amateur radio. As uh, many of us will recall when we studied uh, the FCC rules and regulations and began our amateur radio licenses, um, for studying for amateur radio licenses, uh, the very first basis and purpose of amateur radio is the recognition and enhancement of the value of the amateur service to the public as a voluntary non-commercial communication service, particularly with respect to providing emergency communications. So, Steve, you had mentioned within the FCC rules. Are there any FCC rules that you know of that govern NETS specifically? No, there are no specific rules that govern uh, NETS. How would somebody conduct a NET? What's the process for that? Well, the, uh, at the appointed time, uh, the NET control, that is the leader of the NET, will get on the air, make a general announcement, a general introduction, which will uh, say, you know, the time and frequency, the sponsor, and they will uh, generally then um, ask for um, any emergency or priority traffic because you have to get that up front. And then you take check-ins. And then after you take check-ins and depending on the, on the purpose of the net, you go ahead and conduct the business of the net. Many times that's passing traffic or exchanging news or information, whatever the net happens to do. And then at that point, after everyone's had a chance to say hello or, or conduct their business, then we go back to uh, the, the net will then just uh, close, and that's it. Now, you, you mentioned something, Steve, and that was uh, check-in. And there's, there are a number of terms that are associated with nets. These are standard terms. It doesn't matter what type of net it is, but these are generic terms. And, and so you hear them like check-in, uh, a directed net, net control, if something is, is roundtable or informal, I mean, what do these terms actually mean? A directed net is a formal net, and a net control station is just like it says, a net, someone who is controls the net. And a roundtable is uh, one where everyone in the net gets a chance to say something and they pass it along to the next person and so forth and so on. Informal net is uh, much more relaxed. It's not uh, necessarily directed um, and uh, it's not doesn't have any formal messages that are handled. So it's just very informal. So almost like a just a coffee get-together. Uh, Absolutely. Individuals meet on a particular frequency and say, okay, this is, this is like the, the, the coffee drinker's net. That can be something as simple as that. That would be something I would join. You would, you would definitely <laughs> join that coffee drinker's net. You could be net manager. I could be you net could manager. You could be, yes. So, Steve, before you mentioned traffic, what does the term traffic net mean and how does that work? Well, in amateur radio, uh, the term traffic means passing messages, relaying messages over the airways on amateur radio. So traffic essentially is a message. Yes. Yep. It's, okay. Yes. So do most nets have a theme or a specific stated purpose? Yes. Most nets do uh, indeed have a specific purpose. 
but they are not required to. On Amateur Radio, you'll hear all kinds of nets featuring all a variety of special interests and so on, and is very flexible as to what uh, nets can cover. However, there are some very specific ones that I'd like to mention. There are nets that are related to uh, geography. You have section nets, local nets, nets that are uh, handled traffic on a daily basis. And then you have the emergency nets. Those nets are very important because they support the network of radio amateurs who are handling messages and information from a disaster or emergency scene to other locations outside of the emergency scene in order to provide assistance. Then you have a lot of public service event nets. Those nets are conducted by groups, clubs, ARES groups, that are active in providing communication support for an event, such as a walkathon, a bikeathon, a parade, or other, other event. And their job is to keep an eye on things to make sure everything goes well. And if uh, the public is needed, you know, if, if, if there is some support that is needed for that net. And then there's the watch net. Watch nets are very similar to Skywarn nets. Skywarn is an organization sponsored by the National Weather Service. And amateur radio operators are uh, very active in providing uh, extra eyes and ears for the National Weather Service. So those kind of alert nets, the radio amateur is on the air and um, they're listening and watching for any severe weather that may occur in their area. And then they report to the amateur radio operator that is stationed at the National Weather Service office or in touch with the NWS. And when you mention that, uh, I guess to a lot of listeners, the Hurricane Watch Net is one of the most popular, would you say? Yes. When it comes, especially during hurricane season, which amateur radio operators obviously get involved with. Michelle and I were involved in one a few years ago heavily. We were. We were. Um, but the Hurricane Watch Net does just that. But that is also, that's necess- not necessarily on like a, a sectional level, but rather that can be actually at a, a full state level, the Hurricane Watch Net, for specific reasons. Yes, even a regional level. Uh, whoever, wherever, is within the threat of that hurricane or tropical storm, that's what that net is for. And you have radio amateurs listening from all over the world or all over the uh, hemisphere listening in on that net because you'll have stations that are operating from the area that are being threatened, and they want to get news and information from those locations. So that's, that's the uh, great purpose of the Hurricane Watch Net. And they, of course, are in touch with the, uh, the Hurricane Center in uh, Miami, Florida. And now a word from our sponsor. Check out LDG's new Balans and Ununs. The RU9 to 1 Unun matches in-fed long wire antennas to coax. And the RU1 to 1 choke helps keep RF out of your shack. All LDG Balans and Ununs are rated to 200 watts PEP and cover from 1 to 30 megahertz for all your HF matching needs. LDG is a family-owned and operated company dedicated to bringing advanced quality products to the amateur market. Our focus is on anticipating our customers' needs and providing them with world-class support. Don't forget, LDG products carry a two-year warranty that is fully transferable when you sell it. 
Support is only a phone call or email away. We're always here to help you. LDG Electronics. Everywhere you look, there's an LDG. Welcome back to So Now What? Now, do you need a certain class of license or a station operator, or can anyone start a NAT with any amateur radio class of license? It depends on your class of license. If you have a technician class, then you can uh, run the NAT on the frequencies that you have, that are eligible to you. And likewise for general, extra, and so forth. So a technician class license holder could start a net on 2 meters, 440, essentially anything above 50 megahertz because they have those privileges. But they can also start a net on 10 meter phone because they have those privileges as well. So for newly licensed amateur radio operators, if they wish to get together, they don't have to necessarily rely on having a general or an extra present. They can start one right at, I don't know, 28370 if they wished, because it is within their operating privileges. Awesome. And they don't need a station operator as well. They can operate the net as is. Yes. So Steve, we, we've talked a little bit about nets. We've talked about the type of nets and so on. And for a number of our listeners, if they've been involved in amateur radio for any length of time, they, they kind of know these things. But we want to know is how would participating in a local or nationwide net benefit a new amateur radio operator? What would be the benefits of, say, someone who's newly licensed to get involved in a net? It, uh, the nets provide... Uh, a chance for the new operator or any operators to become aware of what's happening in their area, if it's a local net, or in their state, if it's a state net, or if there's something going on with a nationwide interest. So for a new licensed amateur radio operator, getting involved in a net would be a great way to get over, I don't know, the, the shyness. If they were a little apprehensive about getting in front of a microphone, or using their HT, this would be a great way because they're possibly talking with their peers over the air and getting a feel for how they can operate on the air. It, it kind of it breaks that ice a little bit. It sure does. And nets are a great meeting point uh, for uh, amateur radio operators to get on and uh, talk about things and and to learn about amateur radio, learn, learn about many different subjects of the, of the hobby and the service. And um, the more experienced radio amateur will often, and most often, will provide mentorship to any new licensee that gets on the air. They certainly welcome uh, newcomers into NETS. That's, that's the great thing about this uh, hobby and service, is we welcome everybody anytime. And that's an important point is that mentorship because a lot of them are looking for that. They're looking for that mentorship to bridge that gap between being a brand new ham to being a ham that can actually get on the air and converse and feel comfortable about doing it. So the mentorship is a valid point. It is, yes. And clubs, um, oftentimes clubs will sponsor nets. Um, on a local level, and uh, the, uh, the the nets can be uh, uh, just a great way to keep in touch with everybody 
in between club meetings. Are you specifically aware of any nets that will mentor amateur radio operators? And how can amateur radio operators reach out to them? Uh, one of the nets that uh, comes to mind is uh, the Big Apple NTS traffic net. And it's based in New York City. And it's on 440.600 on a daily basis at 8 p.m. local time. So that's on a repeater? Yes. Okay. Yes. This, uh, this net is uh, specifically uh, trains radio amateurs newcomers into amateur radio, as well as uh, folks that want to learn about traffic handling and how to handle emergency traffic and how to communicate and be disciplined radio amateurs. Their team in New York City do a great job, and it's uh, headed by net manager Todd, uh, KD2CBV. And in addition to that, I have heard that there are a number of other nets across the country that focus on training and mentoring uh, to getting people involved with uh, amateur radio, all different kinds of aspects of, of amateur radio. Look for the uh, training uh, nets in your area as well. You can contact uh, your section manager or your section traffic manager, uh, even the section emergency coordinator in your area. They will know uh, as to what's going on in your area, in your state, in your section. And that information is readily available either in QST Magazine or online. So that if anyone ever needed that information, they can just contact us here, or they can email you, Steve, and you can give them the information directly. Yes. As many clubs have their own nets, Newington, for one, has one as well. NARL. It's the Newington Amateur Radio League. And Steve Ewald is actually a member. Could you tell us a little bit about your involvement with NARL? Yes, I've been a NARL member for many years, uh, club secretary, and uh, also the Thursday evening uh, net control station for our informal net. It's just a roundtable where we get a chance to get on the air and, and keep in touch with each other throughout the month. If an amateur radio operator wanted to check into a specific net, do they have to be a member of the club or can they just check in? Everybody is welcome. They can just check in, they listen, check in, and learn. Awesome. That is sweet. Now, Steve, you had mentioned this uh, a little earlier, but uh, in general, if someone wanted to get involved with a net, whether it be for training purposes or maybe they did have a message they wanted to send to someone, is there information available that they can use to find a particular net in their area or a net specific to their particular need? Yes, I would invite um, all listeners to um, go to the ARL website at this address, www.arrl.org forward slash A-R-R-L dash net dash directory. That's our online net directory with information about nets that have been registered. All kinds of nets, wide coverage nets, local nets, maritime nets, traffic nets. And is it searchable? For example, can an individual put in, say, their state or section? Yes. And we can include that link at the the end. You can click the link in the description box of whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on.
So, Steve, do you have anything else that you'd like to mention on this episode? Yes. Get on the air, have fun, and enjoy. Awesome. That's uh, very awesome. That's what we always ask them to do. Yeah, that's perfect. Thanks so much, Steve, for being on So Now What? Yes, thank you very much, Steve. It's been great. Thank you for having me. So from all of us here at ARRL, 73. Thanks to all of you for listening to So Now What? As always, if you have a question and want a chance of it being answered on the show, send an email to sonowwhat at ARRL.org or go to our webpage, www.arrl.org forward slash so dash now dash what. Don't forget to also rate and review So Now What on whatever platform you're listening to us on. We love getting your questions, feedback, and suggestions. Until next time on So Now What. So Now What is a production of the ARRL, the National Association for Amateur Radio, and is sponsored by LDG Electronics. LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art automatic antenna tuners and related products for every amateur need. Check them out at ldgelectronics.com. For more information on amateur radio or the ARRL, visit us on the web at www.arrl.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn by searching for ARRL. If you have a question or comment for Joe or Michelle, email us at sonowwhat at arrl.org or use the form on our website, www.arrl.org forward slash sonowwhat. This program is copyright of the ARRL, and any unauthorized redistribution or rebroadcast is prohibited. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to So Now What at Blueberry.com, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sabrina Jackson, KC1JMW, Administrative Manager of Radio Sport at the ARRL. Thanks for listening.